Hi, welcome to Music Raygun. I'm Paul Champanelli, and alongside me is... Kirk Pinchon. That's right, and this is the show where every episode we choose a music-related theme, uh, and then we look at YouTube videos based around that theme that I I pick. And you then curate. Kirk also sometimes picks some of them, but it's mostly me. <laughs> you throw me a bone every now and then. That's right. Um, so... Uh, a few people who have listened to the podcast have commented like, oh, I like listening, but I want to be able to watch the videos when I listen. So I feel like I haven't done a good job of, of making sure that everybody knows you can watch the videos. I compile them into a playlist uh, for every episode. So if you want to watch any of the videos that we talk about on the show, go to musicraygun.com slash playlists. And each episode has a YouTube playlist with all the videos in it assigned to it, so you can find them all in one place. Uh, some people like to watch them before they listen to the episode, so they know what we're talking about in their head. Some people uh, have told me they like to watch during, which I think is too much work. But it's if a, you want to yeah. do it, if you want to do it's it, a lot of focus you got to pull there. Um, and then I, I like the idea of people using theater of the mind while they listen to us. I like I'm that you used the to term theater of the mind. I'm very pretentious. <laughs> I like to imagine people like not knowing what we're talking about and being like, that sounds crazy. And then after, and then the, after the episode, yeah. go and look and see for themselves for, at the ones that like pique their interest. But uh, you can do whatever you want. I just like imagining people listening. Yeah, literally <laughs> tens of listeners, <laughs> if that. I know yes. my mom and dad are big fans. Oh, I, my good like, friend. Sweetie, we love your podcast. My good friend Mike Byer from Chicago listens, so thank you, Mike Byer. Okay, yeah, shout out to all our friends. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, the theme of this week's episode is sellouts. Yes. We're going to look at a bunch of commercials, radio commercials and TV commercials that feature music or musicians or both. Um, and that, that I think, um, display varying degrees of selling out. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean? Because it's very easy to judge selling out, but I think every, it's personal to everybody. Like yeah. what, what, what to them is a sellout, and what is just like a great use of music? Yes. Well, I think too. There's something. There's something so different about selling out then as opposed to selling out now. I mean, I that, that's part yeah. of it too. Yeah. yeah. Like now, I don't know if you've put this video in. Did you have you put recently? Because I don't. I go mm-hmm. in kind of blind, which is kind of the thing I like to do. Mm-hmm. Since Paul curates it all, I kind of uh, just go in with whatever he's going so I can see it fresh. Is there new stuff? Is there stuff from like this year? No, it's mostly... It's mostly it's, not, stuff. it's, it's mostly like 80s. We're going to go back okay. to the 60s through okay. the 90s. Oh, that's good. But I think definitely like you being Generation X and I'm more like right on the cusp of... Yeah, millennials. Gen X and millennials yeah. like have a much stronger sort of revulsion to selling out. I don't think like younger people care because it's yeah. such a part of of culture now. Yeah, and now it's just a considered part of branding. Like yeah. I, like one of the best examples I can think of of modern selling out that I go, "Oh my god, that's a huge sellout." And then I go, "Well, no, that's about right for these times." Mm. Is Honey Nut Cheerios <laughs> with the has the um uh the Nelly song, you know the other song, Must Be the oh, Honey. Oh yeah, Must Be the Honey. Must Be the yeah, Honey. That's and gross. When I first saw that, I was like, wow, that's selling out big. And then I went, no, that's... 
That's I, right. I think there's a curve. We're going to find out because we're going to go back to the 60s and look at some old jingles. Mm-hmm. And some of this stuff might be surprising. I think, like, back then it was perfectly acceptable. And then somewhere along the way it became something that people got their backs up about. And now we're back, to, so we're back to it's just oh, part of the way okay. things work. Um, okay, so we're going to start right away with the biggest... When I say, like... Advertising. What product do you think of? <laughs> I think of Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. So uh, in the 60s, the Coke slogan was, things go better with Coke. I don't remember it. You I don't, don't remember, remember it. No, I don't. We're both too young for this. No. But let's, uh, let's just watch. This is not a sellout commercial. This is just a basic early 60s black mm. and white Coca-Cola, things go better with Coke ad. Okay. Just to get, you know, a base. This, so this is 60s at some point? Yeah, this is 65. Okay. It's real square. I think this is like the Mitch Miller. <laughs> I mean, yeah. This is not cool at all. No. That woman can't walk. <laughs> I mean, it's young people having fun at the beach with Coca-Cola. It's the standard setup, yes. but it's real square. You can tell that the director of this commercial was like, Swing the Coke bottles. <laughs> swing them. We want to see a swing in the Coke bottles. That guy's doing a backflip is pretty cool. But, uh, but you know, it's real. It's real. Clean cut. Crew cuts. Yeah. Very white. Yeah. Wherever you shop. And follow that good advice. Take more than one. Yeah. Follow that good advice. Yeah. Drink more sugar water. So that's... You know, it's 1965. Pop music is a thing, but it hasn't weaseled its way into advertising yeah. yet, I guess. Because that was pretty straightforward. Yeah. But it became a thing in the mid to late 60s that pop acts would record like an entire short like original song, but about things go better with Coke. And it wasn't, it wasn't one of their songs. It was an original. Yeah, it was sort of, some of them, like the first one we'll hear is the music of a very famous song with totally new lyrics, not even to the tune of the song, but the bed music you'll recognize. Okay. But they put out a whole collection of these in the 90s on CD with like dozens of tracks. Like, oh, the Trogs did it, the Box Tops with uh, Alex Chilton, Leslie Gore, the Vogue's Roy Orbison did one, Vanilla Fudge. Vanilla Fudge. Voice and Heart, who wrote like all the Monkey songs, uh, other oh, than okay. Neil Diamond, who also did a co-commercial. The Supremes, Marvin Gaye. That is a whole lot of people. The, right yeah, a lot of people did these things go better with co-commercials. So this first one we're going to watch, you're going to recognize the music right away. Okay. And then the singer will come in with his Coke lyrics. <laughs> Coke lyrics. And it sounds great because he's great. It's Tom Jones. Oh. Right, it's, he's not singing it to the tune of It's Not Unusual, but the music is It's Not Unusual. Yes. It's very discordant. Say I can do a 
I mean, it's... It's weird. Because that's... That, that, that part is from... Yes. yes. Wow. I mean, it, it has, strikes you as not fitting because... It's not what you're... Yes. You hear the music and you are... You hear... You, you're expecting Ready to hear it's not yes. unusual. Yes. So that's a weird one because they don't all do it that way. Yeah. But I mean, it does but, work. It is still super catchy. It, it bothered me. It, it bothered you because you wanted to hear it's not unusual or because it, bo- cause it was a sellout? Because... No, the sellout thing didn't bother me. Yeah. It bothered me because... Uh, it's not what your ears yeah. are expecting yes. to hear. And so it seemed like... I'm like, what are you singing? What the- I felt the same way the first time I heard it, but I've heard this a bunch of times since I've been getting the episode ready, and now I'm like, yeah, that's the, that's the Coke song. That's Tom Jones' <laughs> Things the- Go Better With Coke. And he's also one of these artists where he's so mainstream and like sort of square and sort of crossover. And I love Tom Jones, yeah. so I'm not criticizing him, but like, I hear him do a Coke commercial and I'm fine with it. Like, yeah. It makes sense to me. It makes sense. It's like when, you know, when Britney Spears does a Pepsi commercial or Drake does a Sprite commercial. Yeah, like, it's that's like, right. They're, I mean, they're... Yeah. But there are some... Act, you know, Bob Dylan does a Victoria's Secret commercial and everyone melts down because yeah. Bob Dylan can't do a commercial because he's your hero. Which we're just going to skip that one. <laughs> that's, I had to mention it, but we're not going to look at that one. But now, the next Coke commercial is an artist that you really wouldn't expect to do a Coke Mm-hmm. Ad in 1967. Okay, and this one I don't know. This this is like my father's favorite. Oh, okay, and I don't know their work as well. I don't think this is an original song adapted to uh, to Coke. I mm-hmm. think it's an original song for the commercial. Oh, okay, but okay. it's still unmistakably them. Okay, so when you see and hear them, I think you're going to lose your mind a little bit. <laughs> Go for it. Oh Jesus Christ! The Moody Blues. Yes. <laughs> Unmistakably a Moody Blues song, yes. but it's a Moody Blues song about. And I feel like there's a. It's not as. Like the Tom Jones one was definitely. It's not unusual. Mm-hmm. This is just kind of like. A wisp of Nights and Lights Zen. Yeah. It's not like. It's not. Like they're not aping it completely. Oh, this is awful. <laughs> but I mean, it's still good, but it's. But it bothers me more on a sellout level because it's like the Moody Blues aren't supposed to be doing cool yeah, commercials. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I also just hate the Moody Blues. Dude. <laughs> oh, so that could be that could be it too. You just lost but, yeah. my father's favorite. He listens to this podcast. <laughs> I know. Sorry, Mr. Champion. <laughs> but it's really you don't expect the Moody Blues. No, that's very jarring. Yeah, yeah. But and not that not that they were like. But it still sounds good. Like if you're if you like the Moody Blues. Hmm. And you hear that on the radio. I don't know. I don't know. You what, go buy a Coke. I, I don't know what Moody Blues fans' reactions were at the yeah. time. Are they just like, oh, this is cool. It's the Moody yeah. Blues. Or were they just like, did they see the corporate publicities of like, hey, hippies, when you're uh, turning in, tuning in, and dropping out, <laughs> that's what refresh I see. yourself with a nice cold Coca-Cola. It's like, wow, fuck yeah. this. I mean, yeah, that's what I see. They're like, oh, let's jump on into the counter. We gotta get on this. I mean, you see it now with 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 uh, with companies with like when they're doing quote unquote millennial stuff, and they'll 
they'll have like commercials with texting mm-hmm. in it and OMG and then oh, we'll get promotions. there we'll get there a little bit because we do have a newer commercial with that down the road okay so we're gonna uh, we have one more of these co-commercials and now this is an artist who is immortal mm-hmm. and beyond reproach and this one it's just good because he's so good yeah it doesn't matter to me there's a co-commercial and Otis Redding doing a Coke commercial. Wow. That song is better than most artists. I'm already torn and excited at the same time. I mean, it already sounds like an Otis Redding song. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> and yet at the same time, you're like, oh, he's... Before he got to the Coca-Cola line, you're like, oh, this is a great Otis Redding song. Because and... it's a ballad, too. Yeah. It's an Otis Redding ballad. And just cause the way he sings, it's so heartfelt. Yeah. And you're like, it's like he's, like, lamenting something. But no, he's singing about a Coke. of it all for a friggin' Coke commercial. Yeah. If you turn, if you're in your car in yeah. 1968 and you turn on your radio and it's in the middle of this, you're not going to know right away it's a commercial. No, not at like all. A, no, you're going to think, oh, it's a new Otis Redding song. But then you Which is a little insidious and is that, does that piss us off? Or does that make it great? You know, because it depends on, it depends on your taste in music. Well, look, in the 90s, Remember Ray Charles was doing those interminable, you got the right one, baby, yes. uh-huh, diet. I think it was Pepsi. I think it was that Pepsi, yeah. But it's different because that's like, I don't know. It's not him doing a Ray Charles song, really. It's, it became more of a catchphrase. It was cheesy. Yes, but I think it also you almost forgive it because you're like, well, it's Ray Charles, and he's doing something like, he's right. not recording new but music. But it's more, yeah, I'm, again, I'm not criticizing yeah. Ray Charles for doing it. I'm just saying something about it. It's more distinguishable as a commercial and a jingle unto itself. Where where this is like, it's an Otis Redding song about yes. Coke. Yes, this sounds like an. If he didn't mention the word Coke in it, you would mm-hmm. not know it's an Otis Redding song. I mean, you wouldn't know it's a commercial. That's right. That's right. Yeah. But does that make it better or worse? And I don't think that's an answerable question. I want to answer I think it. It's, that, the answer to that question is personable. Is personal, personal to everyone? Yes. Yeah, it's personal to everyone because like. For, for the Otis Redding, I'm like, oh, yeah, good for him. What a good song. And then the Moody Blues, I'm like, oh, what are they doing? A sellout. Right. Jerks. Right, but why is that? Because there's no difference. It's the same no, there's product. Yep. It's the same ad campaign. Mm-hmm. It's the same basic setup. Yes. But that's, that's what's so tricky. It's yeah. like the nature of the artist, mm-hmm. what that artist means to you. Yes. And preconceived notions you have about, A, whether you just even like that artist's music B whether they're somehow like precious and above it to you or I, whether they're like so pop because Tom Jones is like nah, I don't care Tom Jones yeah. doing a commercial that makes sense somehow yeah, you're like, oh, that's, but the Moody that's Blues you're like you're like this pretentious art band you can't sell out yeah there's like I'm gonna go back to the Bob Dylan yeah and full disclosure 
I hate Bob Dylan. I know that you hate Bob Dylan. My uh, Tony Champanelli is going to be pissed. Those are his two favorites: the Moody Blues and Bob Dylan. Mr. Champanelli, I'm so sorry. (laughs) I do. I hate Bob Dylan. I love Bob Dylan. So, for Bob Dylan to do a Victoria's Secret commercial is just more like cannon fodder for you to throw. I go, oh, throw rocks at him. Yes. So like, it's like, oh, I've proven that he's a piece of shit, even though I don't know, (laughs) even I don't know anything about you know his music. But to me, I go, oh, I can prove it now because he did that. Right. Or if it had been someone I liked, they'd been like, no, that's fine. Whereas I I love Bob Dylan, but because of who he is, he's sort of a living legend. Yes. My reaction is like, come on. Man. <laughs> like, I can't really defend it. Just like, what are you doing? Would it have helped if it was something different, if it wasn't a Victoria's Secret commercial? If it had been like yeah, a... Pro- again. I don't. I can't say. Yeah. I don't think there's a product Bob Dylan could advertise that would make me feel better about the fact that he's doing a commercial. Mm-hmm. But I think, yeah, depending on the product, my reaction would be stronger either way. I think yeah. there's a, a lot of things that would make me feel worse than if you were doing a Victoria's Secret commercial. Mm-hmm. But there are other things that, like, if you were doing a Coke commercial, that would be worse because it's so base. Like, it's so, <laughs> you know what I mean. It's basic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's 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 skip ahead about mm-hmm. twenty years. All right, we can't talk about this topic without talking about Nike's nineteen eighty seven revolution ad. Oh, for god. Nike Air! I remember that one. Let's just watch it and then we'll talk. Oh about my it. god! I mean, the song is everything. I mean, people who are listening to this, they're just hearing the Beatles song. Yeah. The ad is very like that Nike commercial style that I think they pretty much launched with this. Yeah. And then fast cuts. Sort of yeah. So a lot of athletes. Yeah. Raw video of athletes doing their thing, being sweaty, working hard. Yep. Set to the Beatles. Also, so smart to have it in black and white. Yes. And Michael Jordan's in it because, of course, he is. Yes. And a lot of John McEnroe's in it. Yeah. Nike Air. Wow, I do remember that. So I remember that I being a big don't, deal. I don't remember it because yeah. I was four or five, yeah. but I know about it because it was a big deal. And I know when it happened, people lost their fucking minds. People did lose their minds and people were like, how can they do this? And Because they used the Beatles music. Because they used the Beatles music. Right. Yes. Which, is, here's what it's hard for me to know. This is only, this, so this commercial came out in 1987. Mm-hmm. So the song is less than 20 years old at that point. Yeah. So that would be like, you know, I, I've never lived in a world where the Beatles were not Legends, but we're just like kind of the current thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know what it feels like. Like it's 2017. If if they made a commercial now with a song that came out in 1998, mm-hmm. that feels like yesterday. It doesn't feel like classic enough for me to get upset about it. It's weird because. But the Beatles are so different from everything else. Yes. Yeah. I know watching this video that it felt classic to me. Um, yeah. As a seventeen-year-old, yes, just because like I know of the Beatles, you know that they're legends. In it's eighty-seven, they're not 
not that they're not relevant, but they're not heard anymore in contemporary mm-hmm. radio. So um, you you got that sense of like, oh, this is an old thing. I do remember liking this video very, very, or this commercial very, very much. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because it's not so you, much of the You Beatles. weren't angry about it as like a sellout thing. No. You just thought it was cool. Well, here's another thing. I'm indifferent to the Beatles. <laughs> okay. But still. <laughs> yes. I, you, I, you had the cultural context of yes. why people were upset. Yes. I understood why people were so angry. But you're also a 17-year-old boy at this point, so it's yeah. like, it's for you. Yes. You're the intended and, audience. And to me, it looked really cool because... It's a cool song. Yeah. And they're talking about revolution. Yes. And then there's just a bunch of athletes in black and white. And you're like, oh, that's that's fucking cool. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. So even looking at it now, you know, 30 years later, I'm like, oh, that's no, that's it, cool. It is a good commercial. It's a good commercial. I think that goes a long way because, like I said, I, I, I'm not the biggest Beatles fan, so I can take or leave their music. Yeah. So I, there was no attachment to it. But the fact that... The commercial's so good because you go, oh yeah, Revolution's a good song. You're not the biggest Beatles fan, but like, what if they made that commercial with a Prince song? Mm, Paul, no, I'm I'm asking, would you feel differently about it? Or I would I mean, still now like that it's 2017 like it. again. It's a different climate, and we're so we're used to 30 yeah, years of this hard. But this was like not only the first time that they used a Beatles song in a commercial, but really the first time that they used like a a, a song like that yes. in a commercial at all. It's also interesting too where, and I think we'll probably get this later in later videos, where that line of, is it a commercial or is it a music video? Well, that's the thing is, the, yeah. the, we can talk about that a little bit. The, the directors were music video directors. Yes. So this is a climate where MTV is like, has been around for a few years, is at its peak. Yes. And is starting to, those lines are starting to blur. Yes, very where much so. Directors of commercials and music videos are the same people. Yeah, like David Fincher. And they're did making both. commercials like that. Yeah. But they're not, you know, this is not using MTV era music. No. It's using the previous generation's music, uh, music yeah. packaging it like an MTV video and selling it to, to a me. 17 year old. And it right. worked. And the Beatles, so the Beatles sued them. There was an article looking back on this last month in Rolling Stone that I read. And, uh, Apple Records sued for $15 million, their lawyer claiming that the band hadn't given their authorization or permission. George Harrison said the spot opened the door for the band songs to be used to advertise everything from women's un- underwear to sausages. Those are his, his wow. But Yoko Ono, who held shares in the Beatles record company, helped broker the original deal. You would have thought it was Michael Jackson, but it was Yoko. Yeah. Uh, because she said it would introduce John's music to a new generation so it's interesting then then George really didn't have a leg to stand on because he didn't own the rights well legally he didn't have a leg to stand yes. on but yeah I mean he can complain about it and say this is wrong right. yeah but yeah. because he didn't he didn't own it they did it settled out of court I guess they stopped running the ads in 1988 um, but the terms of the out of court settlement have been secret so, so the other wrinkle in this is that the directors, um, when they made it, uh, they gave it to their editor and uh, to to cut it, and she was like, ah, "I don't love the fact that we're using the Beatles music." Uh-huh. And they're like, "No, don't worry. Nike told us this is just like to edit to, but they're re-recording the song Revolution with the Georgia Satellites." Oh my god! That's what they told the directors, which. 
That's another wrinkle. Is it better or worse if you fucking re-record the Beatles with any band? In it's, this case, the Georgia Satellites. It's worse, particularly if it's the Georgia Satellites. Right. Oh, my God. But I, they either just lied to their faces or ended up changing their minds. Yeah. Because once the director saw the final cut of the video, they were pissed. Because they not only like used the music track, which they had told the directors they were yeah. going to, but they, they also sort of recut it in a way that oh, they wow. hadn't intended. And so they... Um, they weren't thrilled with it either in the end, um, but that's that. That was the, like the first big example. Yeah, of, that was a big deal. Yeah, that was a big big deal. Like, yeah. what what's going on? What, what what is going on with all this? Yeah. And there have been plenty of examples since where they use Beatles commercials. And uh, yeah. I remember one in the early two thousands when I was in college. It was like a commercial for Samsung TVs or Sony mm-hmm. or whatever, and they used Getting Better. Oh yeah, and I just remember being like. Come on. This is what our world has come to. But, you know, again, it's all, it depends on your perspective, your generation, how you feel about the band. Yeah, there's many variables. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We're going to go back to uh, Soda Pop now. Okay. There's a lot of Soda Pop in cars, which... Sort of makes sense. I feel like those are two keys of advertising. Yes, those are the big money tickets anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so this is a commercial for Sunkissed orange soda. I remember drinking Sunkissed. That delightful. This is an example of using a song by a band and that band's performance, but the band re-recorded the song to make the lyrics about the product. Okay. Okay. And again, this is not not an artist that you would necessarily expect this from. Mm. It's New Order. And it's their song, Blue Monday. Oh, my God. And they re-recorded it to be about sun-kissed orange soda. And so the, so the song is batshit, and then this commercial is pretty crazy, too. How do I not know this? Maybe you'll, maybe you'll have a flashback. Yeah. Oh, no, you won't, because, well, we'll, we'll talk about that. Oh, you can tell it's different. But it is that. They yeah. recorded it. Drink your inner sunshine. Sunkiss is the one. There's a lot wow. to unpack here, so give me your thoughts. Okay, I'm convinced yeah. that New Order is taking a piss out of Sunkiss. I feel like the look at this video because if you see when you guys watch the video, um, it's obviously not New Order, but it's the, this the metal band. band. There's a hair metal band. There's a hair metal band. Video. We're gonna get to that. I'm telling you, there's a lot to unpack that, here. To me, when I see the hair metal band, it feels like New Order is kind of winking, going, we're, "We know we're doing a Sunkiss video." Then, okay, there's an element to the commercial you're not understanding. What am I not understanding? We'll get to that. I want to okay. cover some other things about this first. Okay, they originally were offered a hundred thousand pounds mm. to let Blue Monday be be used in the commercial. So, you know, that's a decent amount of money. So they were like, Yeah, fine. Like use yeah. the use the song. That's great. And then, so Sunkiss Sun came back and they were like, okay, great. When do you like want to do the recording? When do you want to do the voiceover? And they were like, what are you talking about? And they were like, oh we want you to re-record the song with these lyrics about Sunkiss. Like they were fine with just saying like fine, you yeah, just the take song the song. commercial, we'll yeah. take the money. They didn't understand at first that Sunkiss wanted to record him, so 
there, this is it from an interview uh, in 1999. Um, uh, Bernard Sumner from the band did a Q&A with fans online, I guess. And they asked him about the commercial. And here's the thing, before we even go any further. This never aired. Because eventually oh, their okay. manager spiked it. They recorded the vocals, they made the commercial, and in the 11th hour, the manager oh. was like, fuck wow. <laughs> Doing his goddamn job. Yes, it's a good manager. So this, the reason the video exists is because it was later put on like a DVD documentary about New Order. Oh, interesting. So they put it on the DVD, but it was never actually, so that's why you don't remember it, because okay, yeah. it never actually okay. aired. They Thank made God. the whole thing. Thank God. But Sumner in the interview, they asked him about the the lyrics and what it was and he said how does it feel when you're drinking in the sun something something sunkissed is the one he's like i didn't write the lyrics we got offered a hundred thousand pounds to do it i kept laughing when i was singing it so hooky uh who's a member of the band got a piece of cardboard and wrote a hundred thousand pounds on it <laughs> held it up and i sang it perfectly uh that's perfect yeah but then rob gretton turned up and he put the kibosh on it um, so, so they spiked it at the last minute. Uh, and then from another interview, is it true that the band did a commercial for Sunkiss? And then the quote is, they asked us to try it. So we tried it and it sounded so bad that we couldn't let them have it. They originally told us they wanted to use Blue Monday and we thought, fine, great. So then they said, like I said, then they said, right, when are you going to do the voiceover? We tried changing the, we tried singing the change lyrics and we started rolling around the floor. They were offering us a fortune, but the cringe part of it was too heavy. So they were willing to sell out. Yeah, they wanted to. But even through the whole thing, they were yeah. like, this is too ridiculous. I'm fascinated by the sun-kissed execs who are like, we need Blue Monday. Because, I mean, that's their... People who aren't into no, I'm like, order fan. New Order and Joy Division yes. and stuff, everybody knows Blue Monday. Everyone that's knows the song. a huge hit song. Huge song. No, that's not the, the point I'm making. The point yeah. of, and I, I, that's the song you would use. But yeah. it seems like... If you listen, it's so, it's just so not sun-kissed to me. I know. It's so not I mean, this is 1980, what, six, seven. Yeah. And it doesn't matter that it doesn't have the right vibe. Yeah. Because it's, it's sort of cold and 80s, yeah. synthy, new wave, industrially. Yeah. It doesn't sell soda pop to you, but it's a big radio hit. I mean, yeah. that song sounds like the 80s. But let's talk, I want to watch it again. Yeah. Because um, it's short, and there are a few elements to talk about. I mean, there's shots of these sort of beautiful hot people. Yeah. And there's a lot of shots of people, like, it's summertime, they're, they're at the hot. beach, they're in the city, and they're drinking Sunkiss. And then there are these shots of this hair metal band. Yeah. Which seem to imply that that's the band performing the song. Kind of, yeah. And it's clearly due to, like, bad, blonde, yeah. spiky hair metal wigs with the guitar, it, looking ridiculous. It doesn't fit with the rest of the video. Right. And it's almost like, if Sunkiss got the band to record the song, why wouldn't they just use footage of the band in yeah. order instead of what appear to be like actors per, like portraying a hair metal band? Yeah. But the music is New Order. Yeah, that's why it's weird to me. It's, it's so out of yeah. sync of the song. It's out of sync of Sunkiss. Like, you have these hot models... Well, that part is a soda commercial. That's a soda commercial. That's a soda commercial. And then there's this part. The music or the or the, the hair metal? The band. hair metal band. Yeah. That, like, it almost feels like a joke. Well, before we... We don't need to keep talking in circles because I know the explanation. Well, then give me the goddamn answer. Those clips of the hair metal band are from a New Order music video. Oh, what? Well, for a different song. 
called Touched by the Hand of God. I have it right here. Don't worry. We're going to watch it right now. So this is New Order's video for Touched by the Hand of God. Where I guess they weren't taking the piss out of Sunkiss. No, they're taking the piss out of Sunkiss. But they were making like a goofy music video. Which again, this is not a hair metal song, but they're clearly like making fun of... Yeah, because they're spitting beer. Oh, this is great. Yeah. Ace. Yeah. So this is... That's great. This is New oh, Order. Okay, song. I don't know this video, but yeah. yeah. Which then begs the question... Mm-hmm. What the fuck were the Sunkiss execs thinking when we're like, well, let's just use this video. That's exactly right. Yeah. Because if it had ever aired, what would people have thought if they recognized the video? Yeah. I guess they expected people to make the connection like, oh, we see that and we recognize it as New Order on our screen. Yeah. From the music video from that other song. It's a hard leap. Or were the executives too clueless, like they just pulled this music video and they were like, yeah, that's New Order, fine, put it in the commercial. I think that's it. And they didn't do enough research because they were too busy doing rails to notice (laughs) that this is not what New Order typically looks like and they're like, they're having, they're taking the piss in this in mid bump, they're like, "Yeah, is that new order? Yeah, okay, yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Good. Use that one." So the so the Sunkiss commercial has random oh. clips from this joke of yeah. a video. Okay, this is but uh, but but taken out of context, you don't get that it's supposed to be funny in the Sunkiss. Yes. So making this whole Sunkissed uh, experiment just a giant shit sandwich right I mean they, no one had any business doing anything that's right thank god for uh, Rob Gretton and pulling it up yeah that was a smart move yeah uh, okay next one we're gonna stick with soda pop man soda pop as I drink my LaCroix <laughs> you see I threw in the cup. what are you drinking today Paul I'm drinking apricot LaCroix I'm, my favorite I'm back to the lime again because lime is my favorite mm-hmm. LaCroix we love you there's you a LaCroix for everybody <laughs> oh Paul you sold that so well <laughs> we're going to use that tag every episode. Hey, look, we're doing an episode on selling out. We may as well sell That's out. That's right. Well said. Okay, let's go to 1992. Now we're getting Good to year. a commercial where I remember it very distinctly. Uh, this is a song that they didn't re-record or anything. They just mm-hmm. used the song. This was a Super Bowl commercial. It was a big deal. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing it. And I know the song from the commercial. I don't know your relationship to the song. Mm-hmm. And this is an interesting one because the commercial they made uses the same style that the music video for this song. Okay. Made. But it doesn't use clips from the music video. It just sort of repurposes the concept of the music video. They reshot it then? They, 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 sort of. They, they took the concept of the music video and they made it about Crystal Pepsi. Oh, Okay. Do you know what commercial I'm talking Not about? Yet. This is the one that uses Van Halen's Right Now. Oh, this thing. This thing, which I distinctly remember and gives me yep. waves of nostalgia. So this thing of having like the text and these yes. little, little interesting facts. Oh my god, I remember this. Yep, yep. So the Right Now music video does the thing of having this footage yes. with like information coming yep. in text. Yep. But in the commercial, it's information about Crystal Pepsi, which was a new product at the time. In a 
wonderfully dumb <laughs> product at that. <laughs> but this song makes it seem so important. Yes. And I'll tell you something, man. When I was nine years old and this came out, I loved this song. I loved this commercial. <laughs> and goddammit, I loved Crystal Pepsi. That's so funny. Right now, it's more refreshing than ever. Right now, a guy with no shirt on just tasted the future. And in the in the in the Van Halen video, with uh, it, um, you know, it's like right now something about AIDS, and right now it was in the future yeah, that, things would be like this. And if it's I'm all recalling, like, it was a it was a it was a fairly somber video. Yeah, there might have been one or two kind of light moments. I just think it's very that early '90s thing of like, yes. think about the Earth. Yeah, like, guys, <laughs> let's just take a yeah. moment. Yeah, really just put on a in. condom. <laughs> guys, there's a lot of yeah. Condom. yeah, there's a lot of safe sex, save the Earth, and it was yep. a lot of messages like that. Yes, but in this commercial, it's we've got a new thing, and it's clear <laughs> cola. Yes. We've got a new cola, but treated with equal importance. Yeah. So condoms, yeah, Crystal Pepsi, the same. So I found an interview. Uh, with Eddie Van Halen from a few years ago in Guitar World where mm. they were just asking him about different Van Halen songs yeah. and they asked him about Right Now and uh, and the Pepsi commercial came up so I want to read what uh, Eddie Van Halen said did I say Eddie Vedder before? I think I made it I think you did yeah. <laughs> Eddie Van Halen uh, had to say about the commercial he said the only reason we gave Pepsi the music was because they were going to use the song anyway they would have just recut it with studio musicians like they do for some TV movies because they can't use the original if they use the original recording, they've got to pay. But if they don't, all they do is give credit to the artist and then pay the studio cats. Pepsi told us they were going to do that, so we said, hey, wait a minute, we may as well get the money. I ain't that proud, you know. I'm not going to say, so go ahead, rip us off, and keep the money too. So that's another angle on the sellout thing. Like, yeah. If they're going to use your music, if you're an artist, you have to make the decision, like, do you feel better about them using your song but re-recording it with other musicians, I can see, like, that kind of takes you a step away from it because you're like, well, it's not us. Yeah. It's our song. But then also you're not getting paid. Yeah. Or do you let people hear your unadulterated original version of your song and get paid for it rather than some watered-down version? Like, what's better? What that, That's yeah. a tough call to make. It almost, in some ways, I would think it would be better to take the money and give them the original because yeah. if they do besides the money issue if you're just a consumer and you see the commercial and you hear the commercial and it's not them but it's studios studio musicians you instinctively go oh well they sold out anyway i mean regardless of whether who it is they go yeah. oh it's most it's people probably song. think they're still getting a payday exactly people go well they must have gotten paid for that those right. sellouts right. right not knowing that no the the record company got paid and the studio yeah. session got paid we did not get paid yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so i'm like i'm willing to accept that ex explanation that yeah. Eddie gives like okay fine they were going to use your song anyway they were going to make a bastardized version of it yeah. and you were not going to get paid yeah you're gonna look. Dumb. I get that logic. You're gonna look dumb either way. Yeah. So you might as well make money from it and have it not bastardized. But I can also see someone disagreeing and saying, like, no, like, keep the integrity of your art. 
you can't stop them from re-recording it, and but at least you're you're removed from you're removed from it. and you and you still have the integrity to say no. Yeah, like we can't stop you from doing that other thing, but we can stop you from using yeah. our music. That's your that's your one. It, but it's a fine line. Like I don't again, I don't know. There's no answer to it. It's yeah. It's also interesting too because at that at that time you're kind of like you throw into the factor. Man, Van Halen didn't really need that money. I mean, that's like well, the, that was a big hit song anyway. Well, they were already that was like that Van Hagar. They were at the zenith of that Van Hagar. Yeah. So they were making bank. Sure. So it's almost like, well, did you really need the money? They didn't need the money, but I again, I still understand the logic. Yeah. Saying like, well, you're going to use the song anyway. Yeah. We may as well get paid yeah. for it. Like, yeah. if you're going to take what we made and use it to make money. Yeah. Then if you're going to profit from us it, yeah, it, we want to profit rather too. than you getting all of it. Yeah, exactly. So I, like I said, I get it and I agree with him. I would probably make that same decision. Yeah. But I'd struggle with it a little bit, I think. Oh boy. It depends that, on, that's depends on the, it's depend, Yeah. I would, I would like to say that I would struggle, but then if I saw the check, you know, you're like, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't say how much of that. I'm okay. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. I'll cry my money. Yeah. Yeah, um, I would be more upset if I were him about the video component of the commercial because now that makes they yes. clearly try to now the right now video is sort of corny and you can yeah. you can make fun of it on its own merits, but they clearly tried to make something like important. Yeah, they, they had clearly an idea. had a serious yes. intent with that. Yes, and to have that idea repurposed for a soda commercial. Yes. That would make me angry. Yeah. But then again, I also don't know how much that was really the band's idea for the video in the first place, yeah. or if it's just the video director doing it sort of yeah. apart from them. And then and Ben Hagar going, no, but, that's fine. But rather than the use of the music, yeah, copying the concept of the music video for the soda commercial, yeah. that's that's a little offensive. Yeah, that hurts a little <laughs> more. That actually might hurt a little yeah. more than the actual song. Yeah, because yeah. it's almost like they're making fun of the video. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> fuck your fuck your pretensions. It's about Crystal Pepsi. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's just watch Johnny Rotten sell some butter. <laughs> let's just get right into All it. Right. Pretty much. Do I buy country life butter because it's British? Oh yeah. Do I buy country life because I yearn for the British countryside? Because he's made only from British milk. Oh my god. Yeah. I buy country life because I think it tastes the best. It's not about Great Britain, it's about Great Butter. Okay. Johnny Rotten from the Sex Pistols. Yep. Who's still in his 60s, a very angry, like, righteous dude. And yeah. I, look, you know, I'm a punk You're guy. You're a punk guy, yeah. I love the Sex Pistols, I love Johnny Ryan. But as you might imagine, he took a lot of shit for this. This was yeah. about um, almost ten years ago, I think, in two thousand eight. This commercial came out, and he took a big hit for being yeah. a sellout because not only is Johnny Rotten doing a commercial, but it's like it's a butter commercial. It's, it's fun. It's so goofy it's and wacky. so not punk. Yeah, and that's like again, whether or not someone sells out has so much to do with who they are as an artist. Mm-hmm. It's real tough to be a punk. And be like all anti-establishment, 
and then sell out and do a yeah. commercial. It's very easy to be Tom Jones where you're sort of like, hey, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm yeah. a pop musician and uh, everybody loves me anyway. Yeah. But if you're going to, as an artist, have a certain stance yes. and then sell out, it's real tough. But um, John, John Lydon, a.k.a. Yeah. Johnny Rotten, has defended the commercial in a few different ways like Eddie Van Halen did, which I'm willing to accept. Again, I have some. Okay. Some interviews, some statements that he's made. This will be in interesting because it's a little different than the song. It's he's acting in it. Yeah, so he's then, just yeah. doing a commercial. Yeah. They're not using Sex Pistols yeah. music. Yeah, there's no Sex Pistols music. It's just Johnny Rotten's yeah. image as a punk, and there, he's all you know. He's still got his punk look, and they're sort of playing like punky sounding yeah. studio music in the background. So they are playing on the goofiness of mm-hmm. the image of this punk rock guy selling butter. Yeah, in the commercial, this is what he said when the commercial came out in 2008. People know I only do things that I want to or that I believe in and have to do it my way, uh, said Leiden on deciding to appear in the TV ad. I've never done anything like this before and I never thought I would, but this Country Life ad was made for me and I couldn't resist the opportunity. So that that sounds real like company line kind yeah. of. Like, this, this, oh, this, they wrote it for me wrote and it I couldn't say no. I gotta do it, guys. So that's what he said at the time. Yeah. But there's another interview he gave a couple years ago in 2013 where he is a lot more forthcoming about the reasons why mm-hmm. he did it. So I'll read that now. Um, basically, this is me talking. I'm not reading the interview. Okay. You know his... I mean, he, the Sex Pistols existed for about three minutes yeah, before exactly. they broke up. And for 35 years, he's had this band Public Image Limited, mm-hmm. which is like... That's his main musical project. Yeah. PIL is his thing. I know a couple of their songs, yeah. So when they made this commercial, it had been years since PIL had do, done anything because they were wrapped up in like contract issues where they couldn't tour and they couldn't, they were stuck in a contract quagmire. Oh, okay. So this is what he said in 2013. I was trapped from what seemed to be a great promise from the beginning the deal with Virgin, Virgin Records. The deal with Virgin, for instance, turned into a musical death trap for me. It was a shackle. They wouldn't release records from me. They wouldn't fund me. So I could literally not function, and I had to go outside of music to raise any kind of money at all. The money for the butter ads wasn't huge, but it helped me put something up against the outstanding debt, and I could start crawling my way slowly and surely out of those constraints. I could then basically buy myself out of those restrictive contracts. When I worked with the Butter people, they gave me a free hand. I enjoyed working with them very, very much. They've treated me with more respect than any record label I've ever worked with, and that's a very strange thing to be saying. So he basically did the commercial so he could buy the band out yeah. of their own contract so they could record, release uh, music again, and then go on tour, which they, they did a few years ago. Okay. He sank all the money he made from the commercials into Public Image Limited, and they started touring for the first time in like 17 years after that. Oh, okay. Interesting. So, again, like, is does that excuse it? Does that make a difference to you if you're, if you're a fan of his? If that reasoning changes your mind about the commercial, if he had just done it to do it, to make money, would you feel differently about it than this thing of, I did it so I could basically get my band out of record label yeah. jail. It was the only way I could make money to do that so I could do the thing I want to do. Again, it's. Uh, I think it's again like we said. It's it's whatever that relationship you have with that artist. Yeah. Like I don't have that relationship, so I go, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, you got to do that. Yeah. You know, but I I wonder if you're a kid, uh, 
who grew up on the Sex Pistols, mm-hmm. or like the Sex Pistols was that gateway to punk music, and it meant everything to you. Yeah, and your your image of Johnny Rod is the Sex Pistols. To compare it to what that is, are you kind of like, what the fuck? You're the guy that was the rebellious one for me. Mm-hmm. You're the reason why I'm, maybe I'm rebellious or something. And now you're doing butter commercials, yeah. acting like a fool. How do you how do you marry that? You know, and also the idea of of watching this, I go, does a young Johnny Rotten look at old Johnny Rotten going, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> or and That's I don't the know because Johnny Wait. Rotten in particular yeah. has never really sold out. Like he's still he hasn't really softened that much. Yeah, he's still sort of angry. He's still. You know, yeah, not a sellout. Yeah, so that's why the butter commercial was such a big deal. And I'm yeah. will. I think that's like an unfortunate situation. Yeah, but that that makes me feel, and I don't know if it's hypocritical for me to to feel this way, but I feel better about the butter commercial yeah. knowing the story behind it. Yeah, I can. You know see what that. I mean? Like, yes. it sucks that you had to do that, but fine. Yeah, like, I remember a few years ago. This is not about music, but the comedian Patton Oswalt. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's sort of like he's sort of like an alternative comedy yeah, guy and he's great. but he was also on that sitcom The King of Queens <laughs> yes he was and a lot of his fans who are like comedy nerds they're not fans of the mainstream sitcom yeah. so they like bust his chops about it like man why were you on that show like that's such a sellout yeah and I remember he said something once where he was like look the money I get from doing that show pays for all the stuff I do that you like yeah like that get that's that makes me able to do stand up to go out on tour with my stand up friends who you yeah. like and do this little project that's my pet project that maybe doesn't that's expensive and maybe doesn't make a lot of money mm-hmm. but my fans love it and it's for me and it's for them yeah. doing this other thing funds that yeah. so don't make fun of that other thing yeah no, yeah that gets you don't you have this. to like it yeah. but a lot of people do like it and yeah. because I do that you get yeah. this thing that you like so that, that stuff gets you this stuff that's right yeah um I will say this. Um, it, it, the best part about it is that he did something for Butter. Yes. According yeah. to the, uh, an article I read, Country Life Butter sales went up 85%. <laughs> That's great. Yes. That's great. And he was also, I think, very classy in like, he's not saying like, ah, fuck that Butter. Like, I used them. He was like, no. Yeah. Like, they were great to me. Yeah, he's they like, were I really had, He's cool. like, I had an amazingly fun time making those commercials. The Country Life Butter people were great to me. They were better than any record label I've ever worked with. Like, yeah. I enjoyed making the commercials, and I liked the commercials. Yeah. And then he also said, like, hey, using Johnny Rotten for a butter commercial is, like, just about the most punk rock thing you yeah. can do because it's so expected. Okay, fine. Yeah. Now, you're, now you're maybe yeah, selling that, it a little yeah. too hard. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, ease back there, Johnny. Yeah. Ease back. Yeah. But, yeah, like, the fact that it's butter and it's not, like, a Coke commercial, you know, or, you know... I mean, that's another line where it's like, where is the line? Where's the line? Yeah. 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 True. Okay. Um, hey, who doesn't like the band Madness? I know this one. I love the band Madness. I don't know if you know this one because you sent me a commercial. Didn't I send you the Madness one? With the Madness one. Is this a different Madness This is one? a different commercial with <gasps> they Madness. They did another one? We'll get to yours later. I'm going to do mine first. Oh, but before okay. we look at the commercial, just to uh, introduce the song... Baggy Trousers. Mm. If you don't know the song Baggy Trousers or the audience doesn't, it, it may be important for them to know the song. This is a hit from like 1980. And I think it's important for our listeners in particular because I don't think Madness was ever as big 
in America as they were in the they UK. Had, they, had, one, they had Our House was a big Our House was the big one. But they had a lot more hits in the UK. Yeah. And this was one of them from 1980. This song is Baggy Trousers. We don't have to listen to the whole thing. And I mean, they're just the most fun band in the world. Yeah. Oh, this is... Do you know the song? Yeah. yeah. This is so 80s. Mm-hmm. Suggs is such a good friend, man. Oh. Yeah, I remember this video because it kind of scared me. <laughs> really? It was so like, because they're, they're like, they're so weird yeah. acting and... They're, so they're British. the nutty boys. Yeah. Being nutty. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was a 10-year-old kid from Cleveland. I was like, who are these weird British guys? Okay, so that was a big hit for them in 1980. Flash forward to 1986. Oh, is it that long? Couple. This commercial is from 1986. Some advertising guys in the UK are like, look, how are we going to sell this toothpaste to these kids? <laughs> Because toothpaste commercials always just have dentists telling yeah. you about what four out of five dentists recommend and blah, blah, blah. How are we going to sell toothpaste to these kids? You know who these kids love? That Ben Men. Oh, yeah. They yeah. That song Baggy Trousers. What if it was about <laughs> Colgate toothpaste? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hear what you're saying. I'm signing on the dotted line. All right. Let's watch this one with these kids singing a Colgate song to the tune of Baggy Trousers. Oh, my God. Look at these kids. And it's great because they're like they're wearing the suits, they're doing the the nutty train yeah. walk that madness. Yeah. Does. It's like a little madness video, yeah. but they're like madness babies. Yeah, they're a little they're a little wacky. Yeah, very cockney. Playing this song, the saxophone. They're, they're doing the nutty train on top of the Colgate box. It's great. They're really working the nutty train hard in this commercial. Yeah, it's like four or five different times. Like, just just do the nutty train. Just do the nutty train. If, if if listeners don't know the nutty train, Madness had this sort of signature dance mm-hmm. walk, where they would all line up like tightly to each other and then just sort of do this kind of duck walk in sync. It's, it's hard to describe, but if you know Madness, you know. If you know Madness, uh, if you know the Breakfast Club, they do it in the Breakfast Club. That's right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. When the they're doing the yeah, 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 yeah. So this commercial was a big hit uh, to where they even remade it for a different Colgate product in America. They did it again with these American kids selling Colgate, which is weird because. Madness was never a huge deal. No. They had that... Again, I don't remember. I, I understand that they weren't. I know that Our House was a big hit. Our House was... Uh, they had... Uh, what was it called? One Step and Beyond? What? One Step Beyond. One was Step Beyond. First, yeah, which was uh, so instrumental. that one, like, you kind of knew. You're like, oh, yeah. that, that... They that did a cover of yeah. uh, It Must Be Love, which was sort of a hit. Yes. And they used that, that in a commercial about 10 years ago. I think that was might have been after Our House. I'm not sure. I could be Around wrong. The Around the same time. Around the same time. But Our House... Was huge because mm-hmm. the chorus you could, you could just sing along to mm-hmm. all day. Yeah, and I remember like it's like, oh yeah, that was a huge huge song, and it was a wacky video, so it was fun. Yeah, but um, I found um, some text from uh, the creative director behind mm-hmm. this commercial, where he said, I just wanted to read a quote from what he said about. It. He said, I remember that a lot rested on Madness themselves allowing us to re-record their song, which thankfully they did. Subject to approving the storyboard. Many years later, I got to know the band when we made an ad with them for Seconda Watches. It was only then that I found out how they actually quite liked it. 
Even now, Carl from the band introduces me to people as the bloke who did the Colgate ad. <laughs> but he says because it was such a big hit, they made it again for America, and we're going to watch that too. Because it's a little different. A little different. Still very British. Yeah. Some of the same footage. Some of the yeah. same kids. Oh. Some different kids. Yeah. That's There's one shot where you're going to be like, what? Okay. Right there. <laughs> the young... The little blonde girl in this shot is pointing to the audience and she's wearing an Uncle Sam costume. Yeah. Because I guess they were like, well, this is an American commercial. Yeah. We need to, like, Madness is so very British yep. that we need to USA this up a little bit. Yep. Yep. I, I, so there's one quick shot of this girl dressed up as Uncle Sam. I, I put money on <laughs> that that was the idea behind it. Yes. So that's how you know this is. Yes. Yeah, so you know it's and the I re- so Here's the thing. I don't, I've never, I don't remember Colgate Blue Minty Gel, but I remember the Colgate Pump. Oh, yeah, the pump. I remember when you... you Pump was legendary. Yeah. But do you remember this commercial? No. Because you would have been a teenager. No, I don't remember this. This, this might have been. It might have been you were too old. I'll bet yeah. this aired like Saturday morning yeah. cartoons. Yeah. No, I, I should probably this. remember this. Yeah. yeah if this is 1986, I'm like four, yeah. three, four years old. I might be a little too young. Yeah. But uh, by then I was 16 and too cool for Saturday morning. Yeah. 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 Um. I just think that's a remarkable commercial. That's great yeah. that they're like, you know, let's just make an American version of it. So yeah. That's fine. Yeah. But I, I, even with the success of Our House, were Madness a big enough deal that, like, an American audience w- would have seen this commercial and recognized, oh, yeah, they're doing Madness. No. They're doing that walk. No, they wouldn't have I don't really think so, known. no. They wouldn't, especially not have known the song. Yeah. They would have been like, oh, is that a Madness song? And then especially, like, if this is for an audience of kids. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah trousers kids. isn't even hit, no, it's so not it's even, completely over their head. It's not even it's on like, the radar. But it, they're still British. They're still singing sort of British accents. Yeah, there's still yeah. a little bit of it. So like, why is Colgate all like English? <laughs> but it's still great because yeah. Baggy Trousers is a super catchy song. Exactly. So. And and it's the one since I've been putting this place together that's been in my fucking head oh, yeah. on a loop <laughs> for days and now, days. I've been singing about Colgate Blue Minty Gel. Is the song in your head or is the Colgate Pump? It's the Blue Minty Gel. That's what I thought. I've been walking around going, Colgate Blue Minty Gel. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we're going to move on to another product. But we're still going to talk about Madness. This is the one that you sent me. Yeah, It's a few years earlier. Mm -hmm. This is the early 80s. And this is a commercial. I'm so glad you sent it because I completely would have not thought to put it in here. But I I have seen this before. Mm. This is a commercial from Japan for a Honda car. Yeah. That I think is called, what's it called? The City, the Honda City. Honda City. Which was a small little car with a hatchback that came with a little mini scooter in the hatchback. Yeah, it's a bizarre car. It's a real weird thing. But they were trying to sell this concept to a young audience. Like, hey, you can park your car and then zip around on your scooter and then drive your scooter back to your car and store it in the boot. Yeah. Um... But because they were trying to sell it to a young audience, um, you know, they wanted to use some music that young people would like. Yeah. So these Japanese ad execs, like, traveled to New York City to try and, you know, what are cool American kids? Like, what music are they into? They knew the vibe of the music that they wanted to use. They wanted something rhythmic. They wanted something exciting. But they didn't know what what it was going to sound like. And when they went to New York, someone told them, 
there's this band that's popular in England. They're not really that popular in America. They're called Madness. It might be what you're looking for. So these ad execs like looked up Madness, thought they were great, which they are. <laughs> yeah, they weren't wrong about that. Yeah, and they wanted Madness to do their commercial, and like they had to have some. There was some back and forth with like the old guard in at Honda about using them. Oh wow! Like, no, we don't know what the fuck this. This, this is this band looks crazy. We don't understand this music. There's so many of them. We don't want you to use them, but the they eventually backed down. And yeah. Said, okay, get Madness. So. Honda flew Madness to Japan to film this commercial and to record this song. Here's what I didn't know until I researched it. I've seen this commercial before. Mm-hmm. I know the song. It's the Madness song in the city because mm-hmm. it's the, the Honda city. city. So, yeah, it makes so it sense. It synergy. I always assumed that they sort of re-recorded the song in the city for the Honda commercial. Oh, and they just they just Not the, the song. case. They recorded an original song for the Honda commercial. And then they liked it so much that they made it into a full-length single. Oh, wow. So it was it was the commercial first. So let's, let's watch this thing. Because it's a, yeah. In city. And it actually is Madness in the commercial. Yeah. Again, doing the Nutty Train. I can see how this would appeal to a Japanese audience. Yes, because it's just so odd and... So oh, that car. Oh my it's, god. Yeah. It's a weird commercial, but it's yeah. it's both very madness and very Japanese. But yeah. I knew the song in the city where they don't say Honda 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 in it, but they go like Doomba Doomba Doomba. Yeah. So it's like, oh that's cute. They made a Honda commercial out of it and they no, changed the Doomba Doomba part to Honda Honda Honda. No, it's the other yeah. way around. They liked the tune they made for the commercial so much they were like, all right, let's record it. Like let's make it a proper song. See, I love and that. And indeed they did. I love that. I, you can't even call that selling out. I mean, you look, there are some people who are so strict about selling out that yeah. it's anathema to do any kind of yeah. commercial ever, never have, yeah. use your art to advertise. And I'm, I lean more toward that way of thinking. Yeah. I'm sympathetic to that way of thinking. But we are finding all these ex- exceptions, yes. like, you know, John Lyon doing his yeah. thing. And, and, and it's also a matter of like, look, me, you're exposing your music yeah. to an audience who might not otherwise... Know no, how you are, yeah. There was madness was not anything in Japan. No, but this commercial was hugely popular, and they like grew a Japanese audience because of these yeah. commercials. And so, is that illegitimate to you because it came from a commercial? No, no. they they got their music out there. Yeah, the yeah. fact that they wouldn't have had that song unless they'd done a commercial is mm-hmm. amazing. But that's another wrinkle. Like, yeah, is it less of a sellout if you're a newer up and coming? Artist, you haven't really made your mark yet. Mm-hmm. Is it different for a baby band like Madness in 1980 to do a commercial in a whole other market in another part of the country than for a living legend Bob Dylan to do a Victoria's <laughs> Secret commercial in 2013 or whatever it was? Well, I'm signing with Madness. <laughs> so, and again, is there is there a difference um, between Madness doing the Honda commercial when they're still a new band? And doing the Colgate commercial in their own country a few years later when they were already a big deal. Where that's a that's, good question. Yeah. You can't answer it. Yeah, it's, no. But there's a line there somewhere. Yeah. And, you know, maybe it doesn't matter to you either way. Maybe one's okay and the other's not. Yeah. Or maybe doing a commercial is not okay at all to you. Yeah. So it's all personal. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, what do we have now? Okay, so while we're on the topic of Honda scooters, mm-hmm. we're going to watch a Honda scooters commercial. All right. This commercial was, this is from 1984. This one was kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of a precursor to that Nike commercial we watched mm-hmm. in the beginning. Because this uses very familiar music by an artist who uh, I, is one of my icons and a lot of people's and not one who if you love him you'd want him to sell out yeah and then also the the music video itself kind of looks like the nike commercial like it's a it's a piece of art you know Mm -hmm. it's a little bit of short filmmaking so it's a cool uh cool um commercial but then you're like why (laughs) why did you why did you let them use this song and why did you make an appearance? Yeah. So let's watch it. There's a there's a, a minute long version, like a whole longer version mm-hmm. that you can find on Vimeo. But this is a shortened like TV uh, version of this, and you'll know the music as soon as you hear it. Oh yeah. So it's Walk on the Wild Side, and it's it's cut with a, just a lot of um, stolen image, stolen footage, like around Manhattan. And yeah. Florida. Oh, I absolutely. It's remember so this. New York. It's yeah. the most New York song. And then there's Lou. I gotta, I gotta play that again in case you didn't catch it. At, there's all this footage, and then at the end, there's Lou sitting on a Honda scooter. And what does he say? He takes off his shades, and he says... Just walk on the wild side. Don't, don't settle, settle for, for walking. walking. Honda scooters. Um, now, I, this one I'm a little bit conflicted about. I can understand that. First of all, yeah, Honda scooters were fucking awesome, and I so wanted really? one when I was a teenager. <laughs> they were so cool looking. That's interesting. So, let me just get that out. That thing? Is that cool looking? Yeah, that was cool looking. Uh, that was really cool looking in the 80s. So, Lou Reed's a dude with some artistic integrity who, yeah. as a fan, I don't... Love him doing the Honda Scooters commercial, but it's a great song. It's a great commercial. It looks great. It's a great song in a great commercial. Mm-hmm. Two things. If I, if you hadn't said Honda Scooters and I hadn't remembered it, I would have been like, oh yeah, they did this for a Jean commercial because it almost felt like a Jean commercial. Mm, I don't yeah, know why. Yeah. Uh, but I love this commercial until I see Lou Reed. <laughs> and that's the, I, I like Lou Reed. That's the thing. Yeah. If they used the music, yes. but he wasn't in it. Yes, is one thing. Yes. Here's another interesting thing. They never pl- the, the lyrics aren't in it. Yeah. It's only the instrumental of the song. Yeah. You never hear him singing. Yeah. That sort of makes a difference to me. That I think that does better. make a difference. Yeah. I don't know if it's better or worse to me that he shows up at the end. I think it's worse to me that he shows. It's up. It's cheesier that he does. It's cheesier and but, it's a cheesy line. The line is cheesy, but he's still so fucking cool that yeah, he looks he great. looks awesome he's sitting on the scooter. Great. He takes yeah. the shades off to yeah. the, to uh, deliver the line. Yeah, it's cool. He looks cool doing it. It's just yeah. that like the like Lurie doing a tagline yeah. is a little like oh, I yeah. don't know. Like if they just done Honda scooters without him and then maybe had it as text. I think you would have been like, oh, wow, that's really fucking cool. Yeah, that would have been like just a little yeah. text if it said, don't settle for walking without him. But yeah. 
But I can understand because I know you're a Lou Reed fan that they'd be like, oh, yeah. I don't but know. it's also it's a it's a great commercial. It's a great commercial. So that like that makes a difference to me too. Like at least yes. the commercial is so well crafted. Yeah. As a piece of art. Yes. That I like it. That commercial makes you go, oh, well, I should be living in New York yeah. right now. And this was a this commercial was a huge deal like in the advertising world. Because like I said, this was sort of a precursor to the Nike Revolution mm-hmm. ad where there's kind of a direct, direct line to yeah. be drawn. Um, some of the same people I think were involved in both. And I, I, when I read about them making the Nike commercial, like they discussed this commercial. Oh, okay. As like a springboard. Yeah. And you can kind of see the, the concepts are yep, similar. Very similar. They're um, quick cutting. Yeah. All of it. Here's, here's a, an interesting tag about it, though, because there, it, it, it was such a splash in the advertising world and such, like, inspired so many commercials that mm. came after it. However, what it didn't do was sell Honda scooters. What? The creative director behind it wrote, Creatively, the spot was a slam dunk, but Honda couldn't sell any scooters. Sometimes great creative is rewarded by responsive consumers, but I have found that some of the very best filmmaking for ads doesn't add up to success in the marketplace. So in terms of advertising, this commercial was a huge deal, but in terms of actually selling the product, it fucking was useless. Wow. That's fascinating. Yeah. I wonder if it's because... Do people do some regular people go? I don't know who that is. Like they might know the song. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think everybody knows that song, even if they song. don't know who Lou Reed is. Yeah, that but song they, is. they could maybe they're like, I don't know who that guy is. He's just some guy. He's just a cool guy. He's just a cool yeah, guy. Yeah, that, that a model? The reference yeah. of why yeah. don't settle for walking goes over their head. Yeah. Even if you don't get it though, all the footage in New York. That's true. That song. I mean, that's one of my favorite songs that's of all time. And it's song. so evocative. Yeah. Um, with all that footage of like, yeah. 80s uh, New York it just works really well yeah. <clears throat> shame, um, shame on America because they should have sold more scooters with this commercial <laughs> I'm going to blame America I like this commercial I hate the next commercial alright then I despise the next commercial you sort of earlier when you were talking about like oh kids tweeting or okay. whatever yeah uh that's what this is from okay. only like four years ago that's what this one this okay. is an HP commercial it also uses Walk on the Wild Side. Oh, no. Kind of. <laughs> but what they do with it, like, if you have any reservations about the Hobbit to Scooter commercial, about, like, I'm not sure if it's cool or if it's a seller or what, this is going to make you love the Honda Scooter commercial. <laughs> Be like, what the fuck is this that we're watching now? This is an HP commercial. Everybody touch. Everybody tap. Oh, everybody Jesus move. Christ. Everybody act. Everybody act. Everybody dig, everybody host, everybody Skype, everybody post. Everybody post. <laughs> everybody dream, everybody sprint, this is everybody air, everybody fucking friend. awful. I don't remember this at all. Everybody brag, everybody tweet, everybody shuffle, everybody beat. Oh, beats audio. Everybody How old is this? This is from 2012, it looks like. Oh, God. I don't even know this. I, I don't know this to be true, but I would guess that the backlash was so intense that it did not yeah. stay on the air for very long. Oh, yeah. I mean, fuck this commercial. That, like, fuck you. Yeah. 
fuck you. Yeah. Everybody's <laughs> app is just everybody app. Is everybody so tweet bad. and it's not even to the tune of the no. It doesn't even. It's not even fit. It's like sort of this little rap that they're, I don't know what the fuck it is. Uh, who I wish I knew who was responsible. <laughs> Hunt them down. Because I would tweet them. I would, <laughs> I would tweet them so I mercilessly. Would I would get so blocked on Twitter by the creative director behind this shit. Oh, yeah, that, that's so, that's pretty bad. Yeah. Um. So that's just gross. Yeah. But again, <laughs> it's like I we both understand why. I can feel yeah. it in my bones that this is so objectionable. Yeah. But on paper, the line between this and the Honda commercial is very thin. It's the same song. Yeah. It's it's a similar sort of like they're Quick intercutting cuts, footage yeah. and it's a, it's this montage of things. Yeah. Partly, it's just like using all the like little it's buzzwords. It's the buzzwords. It's the buzzwords and the faux rap. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. Like if they had done what Honda did and used the music, but not have the yeah. The dis- the he didn't need the rap. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thank God they didn't have Lou Reed recorded. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, I bet yeah. they tried. I'm sure. He's I, like, bet, like, I, I did my time. Yeah, but he was yeah. like New Order. Like, do what you got to do with my music and pay me, yeah. but I'm not gonna. Like, yeah, I, I don't yeah. want that. So yeah, that that makes me feel way yeah. better about the Honda. Yeah, I agree. That commercial, hundred percent, sucks. Okay, uh, let's go back to cars. Sure. This is a very famous commercial from 1997, I think. This is a Volkswagen commercial called Sunday Afternoon, okay. which may not ring a bell. Until but as soon as you see it, you're going to say, oh, yeah, this commercial. I love this commercial. Oh, yes. Yep. Yep. This is a... Classic this is a commercial. great commercial. This is the most '90s thing in the world. It's yep. these two Generation X kids. Yep. This is so driving around in their Volkswagen Golf. Yep. Just doing nothing, being slackers. Yep. Just hanging out. And then uh, don't know where they're going. Yeah, don't they're just care. Driving around, wasting time. Just kind of yeah. not even talking to each other. Just driving, man. Yeah. Just, just you know whatever. Which is oh wait. Someone has a, a oh, chair that they're in on the on the curb. So, that's so like let's let's take this found chair that we found. Oh wait, oh something smelly. What? Something in our Volkswagen Golf is smelly. Oh, we're gonna drop this back on the curb. Yeah. Or your complete lack thereof. They have no lives because it's the nineties, man. You nineties. The high. Okay, so I remember that commercial yep. very well. Yep. I'm sure you do too. Yes. I was 14. I was 27. Yeah, okay. So yeah. we probably relate to it in different yeah. ways. This I remember in a very specific way. Besides the fact that the commercial is great, yeah. and they played it a lot, and it's funny, Yeah. I went bananas for the song mm-hmm. by Trio, yeah. which was a German band, which I guess that was a minor hit for them in 1982. I did not... When I saw this commercial, I thought the song was for the ad. That was my question to yes. you, was do you remember the song no, from the 80s? not at all. You only knew of it from the ad, too. No, yeah, and then when I heard, oh, it's a song, it's like a real song. Yeah. No, I thought it was straight The name up. of the song is Da Da Da, I Don't Love You, You Don't Love Me, Aha, Aha, Aha. By oh, a band those, called Trio. Oh, those Germans. So very German, yes. which is very appropriate for a Volkswagen yes. commercial. 
Yes. I ver- again, I very specifically remember. <laughs> yeah, this is a very late '90s couple of sentences I'm about to say. <laughs> Go for it. But I loved this song from the Volkswagen commercial so much that when my friend John, who was the, was the first person I knew to get a computer that had a CD burner in yeah. it, and he had the first Napster account I ever heard of. In Go my, deep like, in there. In my like junior or senior oh, year of high school. So 90s. He was like, I'll make you a CD. Write me a list of songs you want me to burn for you onto a CD. Because like, I didn't have a computer yeah. that could do it. So I like outsourced making a mix CD to John. So I was just at, like, I remember I had a, a, you know, in my notebook in school. Anytime I thought of a song, I was like, oh, I want John to put this on my CD. Oh, my God. Da, da, da by Trio was the first one I thought of. It was the the lead-off track on my first mix CD. Because of this commercial. Because of this commercial. Yep. Again, like, that's an example of a commercial introducing an artist's music to someone who now becomes a fan. Yep. So isn't that great? Like, are you going to complain about that? No. Because Maybe this if you're the biggest trio fan in the yeah, world, yes. you're like, oh, all these kids now just like uh, my favorite band because of that commercial. And I liked them before they sold out. I liked them before they sold out. Which I get that mindset, too. Yeah. It doesn't, you know, again, it's all but perception. It's of, yeah, it's it a, doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel like it. It's such like a song that you wouldn't really know. Yes. And, and it's, a, it's a bit of a novelty hit anyway. It's novelty. I don't and think anything so was... Well. Yeah, unless someone put it in a movie or something. Like, that song was never going to be rediscovered no, by never, a younger audience. Never, Unless they have really eclectic taste. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of people, like, loved that commercial and then loved that song. Yeah. Because of it. Yeah. So, for our last commercial, we're going to stick with Volkswagen. Okay. Another example of a similar thing. Before we get into commercials, do you know the song Under the Milky Way by The Church? I know it very well. It's a great song. Let's listen to it. That's like the, that's high school driving around. Yeah. They this, were an Australian band, right? Yep. Yeah. This is... My wife's a big church fan. Uh, that makes sense to me. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, this is... First of all, everyone loved the song. Whether you're into this kind of... It's yeah. just a great song. Sometimes when this and this is like full on driving around... Mm-hmm. In high school, it's cold out. Yeah, and you're just driving around. I mean, at for night. you, it's high school. Yeah, for me, high school. Yeah, for me, it's. I didn't discover it until college in the 2000s. Oh wow. Um, from a Volkswagen commercial? No, but almost because Volkswagen wanted to use that song for this commercial that they made. Mm-hmm. That's called Milky Way. Mm-hmm. They titled the commercial after the song. Yeah. But they ended up not using that song. They thought it was a little too slow. It didn't quite strike the vibe that they wanted. It was real close because even you said, this is so like, I'm in high school yeah. and I'm driving around. Yeah. Uh, but this Volkswagen commercial is from 1999. It's called Milky Way. It uses another song. Um, and this is my favorite commercial of all time. And wow. the, the song is in it is by one of my favorite artists of all time who... I don't think I ever would have heard of if it weren't for this commercial. Okay. My entire generation, there are a lot of fans of this guy. He was not popular when he was alive. Mm-hmm. He died before he ever got like discovered. Mm-hmm. And even then, he only had sort of a cult audience. But when this commercial came out, when I was a senior in high school, it was such a big hit that people fell in love with Nick Drake. Oh, okay. I know the name. This is the, song that used, this is the commercial that uses the song Pink Moon. In a commercial that's basically what you described. Oh, I don't know this. 
So this is just like four kids in their VW driving around. Yeah. It's moonlight. They pull up to this house party. They all look at each other. Yeah. And they're a little more sensitive kids. Yeah. The party looks like it could be... They never get out of the car. They just hit the road again. Because they're driving around in their cabriolets. You don't need to get out of that car. Yeah. You ever I, saw that commercial? I probably haven't. Yeah. I think I saw it, and to me, I'm like, oh, that's a good commercial. They created a song for the mood of the commercial, but that's not the case. No. That's that's the song from 1972 by an artist who, Nick Drake died of a prescription drug overdose when he was like 26, something like that. Oh, my God. And he was never popular when he was alive. He only made three albums. Never heard of I just I, know the name. I and a lot of people my age went out and bought because the box of, set of his albums because of... I mean, it was the first time I ever heard him. Wow. He's still one of my favorite artists. And I think it's... I mean, that's a great example to me of... This commercial directly led to a whole generation yeah. of kids discovering an artist who they would not have discovered unless they were, like, real music nerds. Yeah. Um, I might have come across him at some point anyway. <laughs> you because you of the probably, type of music, the type you, of music yeah. that I like. It. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I probably would have found a path. You would have found a path, there, but not but, as directly. But, yeah, but I'm not, like, I'm not poo-pooing the fact that I found out about Nick Drake via this commercial. Yeah. This was, this, the commercial is also notable for the fact that they released, before it was on TV, it was the first commercial they released online first. Oh, it's, that sounds so old. They, so... Like emails went around with like, oh, here's a link to this vi- this commercial on a QuickTime video. And then yes. when you were watching it, there was like a link you could click to buy the album on oh Amazon. Oh my god! Like the commercial would link you to buying his album, which was like a really now that's the yeah. most normal thing in the world. But that was like totally innovative in 1999. Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah. Here's what's interesting too is, and you know maybe this is why it's it's good to end on a song like this because it evoked that feeling in you and made you a fan mm-hmm. what if they had just gone with Under the Milky Way like if they just go like they're like nah let's just go with it it's fine then you would have never you would have never probably found I might you know, like I said I think I might my, my or your, the gender, Drake, your generation might not have in general known. Yeah. yeah generally speaking people know Nick Drake now yeah because of this commercial I think most fans who know him now whether they've seen this commercial yeah. or not, can pro- like maybe they know it because a friend introduced them yeah. to Nick Drake's music. But I think most people now who are Nick Drake fans can trace it back to this commercial. Is this his like seminal song, for lack of a better phrase? Yeah, I would say so. Okay, yes. see that to me that's interesting because you could have like Volkswagen could have gone, nah, Milky Way under the Milky Way works fine. Yeah. Let's just use it, and no one would have been. And that would have been. I, I yeah. can really easily picture that. And yeah. it still would have been a cool commercial. Yeah. But I think they made the right decision. Under the Milky Way is a little darker. It's a little darker. Yeah, it's a little less... I mean, Pink Moon is so pretty. Yes. But it's also kind of... 
It's a little melancholy. Yeah, yeah, it's a little. Just, it strikes the perfect yes. note for these kids. Yeah, driving around at night, like yeah. you described. Like you're, yeah. they look like they're high, college kids, maybe high school yeah. kids. They're just sort of just aimlessly wandering, doing that thing with it. They've got like the top down, and the girls yeah. like waving her fingers in the air, and, and they're just, just, just hanging, just doing stuff. Yeah, they're not, and, and it's it's almost similar to. The Sunday afternoon clip where it's like they're just driving around doing nothing. Yeah. But it's a completely different scenario. Totally and vibe. different vibe. Yep. Uh, and I, it's just, it's a really beautiful piece of film. Yeah. The song works so perfectly. I don't think I there's a better example of using a pop song in a commercial yeah. better than that one. Exactly. And for me personally, like I said, like it directly led me to an artist that is one of my top 10 favorites. Yes. Yeah. Who I, you know what I mean? Yeah, literally bought CDs of his albums for girls in college <laughs> a couple great. of times. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. Maybe some time years from now, someone will be like, "Oh, I saw the Honey Nut Cheerio commercial, and I bought." And that's Nelly. how I discovered Nelly. <laughs> that's how I discovered the work of uh, Nelly. Not quite the same, is it? <laughs> that's uh, it led me to hot in here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so again, I don't, I didn't set out to answer any questions no. about what selling out is or whether it's acceptable or not. But I think we covered a lot of different examples yeah. that like sort of tread the line and like what you know. Some are some were gross and some were <laughs> yeah. beautiful. Some were wonderful. It's up to you to decide. Yeah, what's a sellout and what's not. We're not going to tell you what to do unless you want us to. Yeah. Um, but I don't. I have nothing else to say about it. Do you, Kurt? No, I think we covered it all. Yeah, that was a long one, but uh, a good one, I think. Yeah. So, um, yeah. If you, uh, oh yeah, wanna, um, do you remember your social media? Yeah, I remember time? it again. Uh, you can follow me at uh, on Twitter at I wish I like flan mm-hmm. or uh, Instagram Kirk underscore Pinchon, and I'm on all social media as at Paul Champanelli. Uh, again, uh, you are listening to the podcast, so you found it in whatever format you like, but it is available on iTunes and SoundCloud and R- uh, RSS. Please do go to musicraygun.com slash playlists and watch all the videos that we watched. And email us, uh, musicraygun at gmail. Yeah, if you have ideas uh, uh, and we uh, spark to them, we'll do them. Even if you want to email us to tell us that we suck and oh, we hate the show, yeah. I just want to know that people are listening. Yeah. So please email us anything. Yes. And if you... Uh, if you've made it this far into this long this ass far, episode. Exactly. And email LaCroix. Yeah, tell LaCroix to sponsor yeah. us. I, uh, I'm waiting for them to email me free samples. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Because when you want the cool, refreshing <laughs> taste without all that sugary sweetness... LaCroix. Zero calorie LaCroix. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, we've we just figured out we can't somehow. No. We're not good. All right. Uh, thanks for listening. See you next time on Music See you Radio. next time. I saw it written and I saw it say Bingo Moon is on his way None of you stand so tall Bingo Moon and I get you